Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real-world value. There is a saying that history may not repeat itself, but it sure rhymes. Even in this extremely young space that we call NFTs and Web3, I'm already seeing some recurring themes. But before I get to all that, I have a question. What do Moonbirds and VFriends have in common? The critics of their success speak as if the founders do not belong or are somehow ruining Web3. I give the green-eyed monster of Envy the credit for this. However, in Jamaica, where I'm currently located, we actually don't even use green-eye as Envy. We say red-eye, or I should say red-eye, because here, (laughs) the Envy monster is alive and well. It's just a different color. However, I'm not even going to dive all the way into that and go down that rabbit hole. Today, what we're going to discuss is the steps to finding overnight success in this Web3 space. And spoiler alert, it takes a lot of hard work and time. There's an amazing quote by Jeff Bezos, at least that's who I'm usually attributing to anytime I use this, is that an overnight success usually takes about 10 years. And that's because nobody sees all of the hard work, the struggles, the sweat, the blood, the tears that goes into everything behind the scenes before someone blows up. And this usually happens in music world or something where there are these people that are doing these street concerts and they're selling CDs or not these days, but they're selling CDs out of their trunks. And nowadays, I guess they're putting videos up on YouTube. They're singing on Instagram or in Twitter spaces, whatever it might be, just to anyone that will listen or dancing and singing in the subway car. However, No one really sees all of that. It's until they have their first single and they're at the Grammys, they're performing, and it's just they're on top of the world. And everyone says, wow, this person just blew up overnight. They shouldn't have received such accolades and sold so many records and so forth and whatnot. And of course, that is the Envy Monster. However, in this whole space, Basically, the crown prince of NFTs at this point, and I'm saying that sort of jokingly, but it is Gary Vee. Pretty much, he moves needles, moves the projects, anything he mentions, the floor price or the mentions on tweets, everything just shoots up ridiculously as soon as Gary even looks at it. So we often say that he is really a market maker or market mover or the quote unquote crown prince of the NFTs. And he's one of the most polarizing figures in business, not just in this whole Web3 space, but online, social media, even in Web 2, or, or just in general, advertising. And it's he's one of those people that it's he's an acquired taste, just like the wine, if you know his background. I actually go into a little bit of his background. Uh, if you have uh, not really familiar with Gary V, before all of this NFT stuff that he's doing with Vayner NFT, his main business is actually Vayner Media. But it's funny that I started off this by saying he's an acquired taste, and that was actually not planned or scripted anywhere in my outline or anything of that nature. But he really is. Gary V is one of those people that either you love him or you hate him. He's definitely a polarizing figure. And he started off his business really in wine. He was working for his father. But even before that, I should say, let me rewind all the way back to the early days of Gary V before we even knew him. He's an immigrant from Belarus, and at that time, Belarus was actually part of the Soviet Union. He came to the U.S., and he went to school and everything, and after that, he started to work for his father in a wine business in New Jersey. At the time, when he actually joined the business, it was called Shopper's Discount Liquor. 
Then he was able to rebrand it and change the name to Wine Library. So that is a big jump right there. You see how that changed. However, we most know him for is not his wine, but it is his social media presence. And that all started when he started doing daily wine videos on YouTube back in 2006. And all the social media stuff that we know him for is he was really exploring ways to grow that business. And as a result, he grew that business, his father's business, from $3 million to $60 million. So he 20 it over the period of time that he was there. And while he was doing this wine TV, all that stuff on YouTube, daily videos, he did that for a thousand days straight. And he really retired that show back in 2011. And it's pretty funny because I was just looking back and watching some of those old videos because at the time I did not really watch that stuff. I was doing Lord knows what. I th- actually, I think I was running my website and trying to learn all this coding stuff, but had nothing to do with wine or anything. I had no idea who Gary V was until about about four or five years ago, and that was just online marketing. That's how I came to know him. But I went back and I was watching his old videos and just seeing what he was like. And first of all, his personality is pretty much the same. Yes, the topics have changed. However, that same excitement, enthusiasm, and animated personality that he has when he's speaking about NFTs or he was speaking about Twitter or whatever it was back in the day is that same personality that he had when he was speaking about these various wines or even the new floors that they put into the showroom. Honestly, this is the same Gary all along and he's just been putting in the work and he's been grinding for years. But as I said, most people know him as the social media guy, telling people to do Twitter ads and Facebook ads and getting on there doing live streaming and everything. And he runs his Vayner Media, which is really a digital ad agency. But how he's so well known is just constantly putting out content. He's always before the camera, always before the mic, and he's just always tweeting and just doing all sorts of things that it's it, you can't really go anywhere online without running into Gary Vee some way or another. And that's one of those things, the whole word of omnipresent that people like to say that you basically you're everywhere on social media, you're on YouTube, you're on Twitter, and you have your blog and all these different places. Gary is probably the first person that I've seen do that. And he just repurposes everything. He is everywhere, communicating with everything, putting in so many hours. Honestly, I don't know if his day has 24 hours, but when I do the math, I'm pretty sure he figured out some way how to uh, double that thing up because his day has at least 48 in it. But I'm not even going to go into all of that. He's just doing so much stuff. But when he came into this Web3 space and he started to speak about NFTs, he was actually not welcomed with wide open arms and, hey, brother, wag me, come on in. No, he was actually met with a lot of skepticism and pretty hateful words. And people were saying that, oh, great, here comes a snake oil salesman to ruin Web3, ruin NFTs, and he's just trying to make a quick dollar. And here he comes to just bring down everything. We had a great thing going. Why did he have to come into this space? And I remember seeing an interview of him on the Nifty show back in, I believe it was May, if I'm not mistaken. I would have to go all the way back to see, but that's when VFriends was initially launching and they were doing an interview of him and he was speaking about how the project came about and what have you. And from that point forward is when I really started to go down that rabbit hole with him in the sense that I said, wow, I honestly did not know he was in the space. I just know him as a social media guy. And I started to watch old videos of him and I said, wow, this guy is going to be really a force to be reckoned with. And 
it was at that point when I really started to pay attention to VFriends and everything. And if I had the funds at that time, I definitely would have jumped in because I said, you know what? Gary is bringing the same passion, the same energy, the same grind mentality that he had for his previous businesses that I know him from the social media marketing world. And he's bringing this into the NFT thing. And he has always over delivered along the way. He's set up and built massive companies and has leveraged his relationships with one-on-one people. Don't get me wrong you'll always have your critics, but the people that are on his inner circle, his staff, the people that know him, it's like they love him. They have these positive stories of how he's so caring and so present. He doesn't check his cell phone when he's having a conversation with you and all sorts of things that can go on and on. I have never personally met the guy. However, I'm just saying what people say that have met him, have interacted with him, and I have never heard anyone say that he's actually a hypocrite and he's not really like that. He is his genuine self, cuss words and all. It is not a gimmick. It is not a shtick. And honestly, if you go all the way back to those old videos in 2006, although he's speaking about wine, (laughs) he's literally the same guy and it's pretty funny. So, of course, going to his whole grind mentality and working and always being present and interacting with the community and everything, if you really look at any of his videos related to NFT, especially his early stuff, all he speaks about is interacting with the community and research, 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 and don't go in it thinking you're going to make a lot of money. So a lot of people really took that as saying, oh, yeah, he's just saying that he's obviously coming into the space to make a lot of money. However, he has proven over and over time and time again that relationships and his brand and his presence with people is way more important than money. And he will sacrifice money for that uh, reputation of being a genuine and caring person. So it's really no surprise to me that he has brought that same approach into the whole NFT space. And when he's working with his various brands and he's consulting, even the little tips and tidbits that he's giving out as far as when you're building an NFT project or an NFT company or trying to bring your established offline business into this whole Web3 space, It's start with education and it's better to roll it out slow than trying to FOMO yourself into doing a horrible launch and doing all of these things. And that's really what happened when he even launched his project. When VFriends first launched, and for that matter, every launch that he's ever had, there were delays and there were setbacks and it was never rushed. Of course, people will be critical and say that he has never had a great launch and his launches are always disasters. And even people that actually support him buy his books and his products and are big fans of his NFTs and everything, they even laugh and say, one of these days, Gary's going to figure out how to do a proper launch or a mint and even the latest up to the V friends, some hiccups that did happen in the system. But when you're operating at this scale, you're bound to have not only these hiccups, but you're having such a large audience that someone is going to see it. They're going to comment about it. And hey, even me with my minuscule drop in the bucket sized reach that compared to him, people do notice when you make your mistakes and so forth. So I don't even hold any of that against him. However, going into this whole thing now, as far as when he's rolling this stuff out and you're seeing all this stuff, I don't even think a lot of those people that are pointing this stuff out is because they're necessarily upset about the rollout of the thing or maybe they were somehow affected by it. I think most of it is just honestly just jealousy and they're just angry that he's doing so well in the space. And it's very similar how this whole thing started off. I said, what do the Moonbirds and the V friends have in common? And a lot of people say some very negative things saying that these Web2 guys are coming into the space and really ruining it. And I thought we were over that. And here we go with the quote unquote 
crown prince of NFTs being this Web2 guy. And when Moonbirds actually took off, it was very surprising to me to start to hear the same thing again, that Web2 guys are coming in with their big money and they're trying to ruin this whole thing, sucking up the liquidity. And I've covered them so much, so I'm not even going to go into all of that detail. But the reason why I'm even touching on this and all these different things is really seeing how it ties in. And remember, as I said, the overnight success, 10 years in the making, Gary V, when he was doing all of this stuff, working in that wine business and pulling those long hours and anyone that has ever worked in a family business, and I can 100, maybe 200,000% agree with this and understand this because I'm in a family business right now. The hours are extremely long, is very taxing, mentally draining and the pay is nowhere near what you would actually get on the free market. The services that you are rendering for your family business, it, it is so undervalued, but there's so many things that go into that. Obviously, it's the business that sort of uh, took care of you from your birth, put you through the hospital and put you through school and all the way up from Pampers all the way to the degree. So I, I understand that. And when you're working in a family business, it's almost like the hours that you put in are just a return on that investment over the last 20 years of your life. So Gary V went through all of that and I understand where he finally stepped away from the business and why all of that is just not easy. And now that he put all of that effort into building up his agency and splintering it off now and having Vayner NFT, a lot of people might say like, yeah, that was just such a easy route. He just dumps money over from his social media empire into this whole NFT thing. And that's why he was able to take off so well. But again, not to just beat a dead horse, but his overnight success really took 10 years plus. So at the end of the day, I think all of us that are in this space, we can learn from each other. And rather than being critical or skeptical or flex that envy monster, that envy muscle, I should say, we should just look at what Gary, these Moonbirds and all these other projects are doing and seeing what we can learn from it, not just as collectors or investors, but also how can we apply that into our lives? Because whether you admit it or not, we're all selling something. And if nothing else, whether you have no intentions of ever actually making a sales pitch, you are selling yourself in the sense that every time that you go out there, you open up your mouth, whether it is finding a new job, looking for a date or a partner, a spouse, you're selling yourself in one way or another. So using all of these things, understanding how people think, the interactions, and of course, how NFTs and all of this Web3 stuff plays in, I think if we look at it from a bird's eye view and just step back from it, step away from the emotions and see how this can work in life and business and everything and just learn from all these areas. Sure, you might not be interested in video games and play to earn. However, understanding the psychology behind that might be very interesting. You might not want to launch your own NFT project, but understanding how to communicate to an audience and actually build loyalty and have people be interested in what you're trying to do can help you in charity or help you in your religious organization or whatever it might be, or if you, for whatever reason, decide to go on a political run, understanding how to interact with people can be very beneficial. And you can learn all of this stuff from the NFT space. So with Nifty Business, one of the goals that I had for this coming in is not just the speculative play of just announcing all the di different projects that are coming up. And I've been uh, just really having a ball in the space doing this daily. I've been learning as much as anyone. And as far as I'm getting so many messages and emails and, and people
people saying that, uh, thank you for the information that I'm actually learning from your show and so forth. But I can definitely say me providing this information more than anything, I am learning and I am so appreciative to be on this journey with you all. So as usual, I just want to thank you for listening to this episode and just being here. And tomorrow I'm going to give you a state of the union, if you will, as far as what's going on with this, how I'm going to take this to the next level, how I'm going to evolve, because this week has been absolutely crazy. Some uh, major announcements to make. I'm making some changes. I'm going to be doing all sorts of things that I think will really enhance the show, make it a lot better for everyone that's going on this journey with us. But before I go, I would just like to invite you into the conversation. Just hop over on Twitter at Tropic Vibes and you can see some uh, discussions and threads that are going on right now. Just some very interesting things. We're having some fun over there. And If you have never contacted me yet, feel free to, whether it be by DM or just tagging me into something, I'm always open to having a conversation. This stuff never gets old to me. But with that said, I will land the plane there. So until next time, later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.